0: Once Upon a Time, December 4th, 2007. From the glove compartment of Travis Bickle's taxi, it's the IGN God. So take off your thinking caps and please welcome two men who are still waiting for Guffman Wade Major and Mark Kaiser! You know what that new intro means, don't you? All
1: right, everybody. Oh, yeah. It means we're on IGN.
0: After all that we've gone through, here we are. And Mark, Mark, this is what I'm doing to celebrate. What am I doing? You
1: are drinking some, you're taking a sip of some sort of liquid that you got in your recent trip to
0: Europe. Oh, yeah. So uh, that was uh, almost seven years ago, Mark.
1: It was. Uh, it, it, Actually, it amazes more, me. More than
0: seven. Hold on. That's the 2007, Do almost eight years ago.
1: It amazes me how long we've been doing this show for IGN. Yes. And it also mm-hmm. amazes us how we will not be doing this show anymore for IGN <laughs> because Wade has an announcement to make. But there's good news at the end, yes, but Wade indeed. has an announcement to make. So,
0: so our, uh, our, our sponsorship, our, our hosting, our arrangement with IGN uh, officially comes to an end as of this podcast. And uh, the podcast will be migrating to a new site, uh, our own site, which we are in the process of, of putting all the bells and whistles, and, and uh, it'll be you know a work in development. And we'll obviously be inviting everyone's input. Um, the Gods at DigiGods uh, email will, of course, continue to be active, as will new emails, which we will uh, relate to soon, shortly. Um, this will be tweeted. This will be uh, Facebooked, and we'll, we'll fill in all the details as they you emerge. Tweet? Well, I, I, I hooked up the, the, the Twitter account again, which hasn't had anything on it for five years. It was actually really <laughs> funny. There, there are like 100-and-some people that follow the Twitter account still. And uh, I posted the same thing that I posted on the Facebook page, which is, you know, something's coming from, uh, from uh, West Side Story. And some guy immediately slapped back. He's like, holy cow, did you, gods? You haven't tweeted in five years. Eh. This must be something within seconds. It's very strange. But well, anyway. we're, we're not known for our voluminous tweets. No, we're not. Uh, it's just it's, we, there are other things to do. I have a toddler. I have a little girl who likes to play with animals, uh, pay, you know, plastic animals. I have to do that instead of tweeting. All
1: right, so, that's, that's, so the point is, the point is, this is our final IGN this show. This is our
0: final IGN show.
1: However, uh, we will be seamlessly migrating to another
0: S- to cinegods.com. Cinegods.com will be the, uh, the new... But
1: digigods.com is... you Can still, can you still go to correct. digigods.com and, and, and get the next podcast we
0: do? Absolutely. Yeah. Even well, though
1: it's independent of IGN.
0: Yes, because we are going to... Uh, there's a whole technical thing that has to happen, which is transferring the feed, and then everybody's going to have... you know,
1: we, And it, it might take a week, so it, there will not be a show yeah, next week. Yeah,
0: there's not going to be a show next week, because it's also Labor Day in the United States.
1: And I'm going to Portland, Wade.
0: You're going to Portland? I am. You like Portland.
1: I, I've never been to Portland. how do I don't know if I no, like No,
0: it's Seattle Portland. that you like. You're uh, like Seattle.
1: I went to Whistler in British Columbia.
0: Okay, but you went to Seattle some years ago and you really dug I did. it. Yeah, yeah, you dug it. I went it. to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Portland, Seattle, same thing. No, it's not.
1: Anyway, point <laughs> being is that uh, we're going to take a week off, possibly two, obviously, probably wind up being two mm. when you get right down to it, because we are trying to launch a site called CineGods.com, yes. even though Correct. DigiGods.com will be equally active.
0: DigiGods.com will, of course, be centered around the podcast, which will be a, a subsection of the CineGods site, which will be a, you know, it'll be its own thing. Uh, so there'll,
1: there'll, there'll be stuff going on there. Now, uh, yeah. we are de- des- actually Wade's designing it, which, is, is, which scares the crap <laughs> out of me, because <laughs> I'll tell you something. I, 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 work for a, I work for the biggest entertainment website in the world, Yeah. right? Yeah. And Wade's going to design this thing. It's a little like crap. It, it will. And the only way it won't look like crap. Crayons.
0: I'm designing it, it with crayons.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. Step up. Yeah. I thought it was finger paints. The yeah. only way it will not look like crap is if you tell me what you are doing, and I can give you a little, some advice as to what websites need to look like in order to maximize views, be a pleasant viewer experience, get people to dive into the site, right, page yes. after page, not just yes. come to the homepage and leave.
0: I'm, I'm modeling it off of uh, this site that I've heard of that some people go to. You may have heard of it. It's, it's called uh, Pinterest. It's going to look like that.
1: Now, okay, the, the, that's fine, I guess. No, it's the, not going to look like the, that. No, because I, what I told you is that. I, don't
0: even, I, don't, I, I look at Pinterest, and, and my brain starts to no, short No, what I it. told
1: you is that, uh, and again, if you want to give us some suggestions as to uh, design sites, maybe there's a site that you like personally. Yeah. You're like, hey, hey, here's a site that maybe you can model your look after. You can email us sure. at the link at gods at digigods.com. Um, no porn, please, um, except, for, <laughs> except for me. Mm-hmm. No. Sure. Wait. Anyway, what, uh, what websites tend to look like now is they have big boxes. Yeah.
0: Right? We were talking about this.
1: Yes. It's a big – it's like the homepage should have like six big boxes, and each box should be a still of a movie that we love, right? Some, or public domain film we'll, or something like that. We'll and get there. And then within each box, it will say, you know, uh, podcast or film reviews or blog. Yeah. We'll get or there. Or links or social we'll media.
0: There. We'll get there.
1: That's why it's going to take us a couple of weeks. Actually, we'll now there. that I'm actually now that we're talking it out, we're going to relaunch the podcast sometime <laughs> in
0: 2017. We'll we'll uh, we'll sort it out. In in any case, the the, the, the first step is migrating the podcast uh, to to our new hosting service. Uh, and then uh, once that uh, takes place, the, the the feed should be continuous. Um, so people may need to renew their feed at some point, but it, it, there's no reason why the everything should not be seamless and continuous behind the scenes. We've done this once before when we went to IGN, we kind of carried everybody with us. So, all, you know, the way this stuff happens on the back end is supposed to be seamless. So. We'll we'll see how that goes. This week we'll uh, we'll tell the tale. Um, IGN has been wonderful to us, by the way. We have nothing but uh, but gratitude for you know uh, the people we've worked with there. Chris Carl and uh, David McCutcheon uh, have all been just absolutely fantastic, uh, every week helping this go off in a in a seamless and uh, and effortless way. Um Dave McCutcheon especially just a first rate guy, you know, his has we we sort of pass him the football and and he he ran with it and uh, I don't know what happened to all the stuff after that. It all happened on the back end somewhere and things were uh, things were orchestrated rather beautifully and it uh, it helped us carry a a relatively light load. So
1: yeah, really all we had to worry about Is recording the show Yeah Because I mean, they did all that Technical heavy lifting yeah. That I could never do Yeah And Wade would attempt to do Screw up three times yep. And then probably do it eventually Yeah But those guys at IGN Bam, it's up
0: It's up It's great It's fantastic so, uh, so thank the, you to IGN. Thank you to IGN, who has who has just been wonderful for us, and and all the people who came to us because of IGN, who found us over there. So uh, you know we'll uh, we'll just che- keep checking the Facebook page, monitor the Twitter feed. Uh, the Twitter feed is at Digigods, and uh, not if i
1: monitor the Twitter feed. There's I would also, maybe keep.
0: Uh, there's also a new Twitter feed oh, at, is. at CineGods. Oh
1: yes. Monitor that one.
0: Monitor, well, both of them. So we'll uh, we'll you know we'll we'll keep everybody abreast. It'll all it'll all eventually work itself out. There'll be a few glitches along the way, of course, as there always are. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll get it sorted out. And uh, by all means, you know, email us at gods at digigods dot com. Gods at digigods dot com, and uh, we'll uh, we'll have a good time. Yes, going it, forward, lots of fact, good, lots we'll have, of fun stuff.
1: We'll have a better time because at. The new Digigods. I feel like I'm going to swear. I will use yeah. four letter words. Well,
0: you know, the show started as the box office DVD roundup, and I still remember that very first podcast. You and I and Tim were skyping, and we had no idea what we were doing. We were just—it was just like this random thing—and uh, we slowly kind of, you know, sorted it all out, and it became the uh, box office DVD roundup. And then, when box office uh, was uh, was reorganized, we we went solo and became the DVD Digigods. Eventually adopted by IGN as the IGN DigiGods. Um, and, you know, this is the, the evolution is that basically now DigiGods is the brand. So there's no more qualifier at the beginning of it, it's just DigiGods. It's the DigiGods podcast. And that's who we are. And, uh, you know, it, it, not, because IGN had uh, compartmentalized all of their podcasts, we were very focused on DVD, Blu-ray. But we can, we can broaden that now. We can pretty much do anything we want. That with, is true. With this thing. We can broaden it to, uh, to streaming. We could uh, talk about television. Uh, we could talk about… We can do uh, film reviews. Film reviews. We can… You know what we may even want to do, Mark? We might even want to talk about food. We <laughs> might even want to integrate cooking and food into the show. Nobody wants that.
1: Nobody wants First that. of all, I want to do six podcasts a week. Do you? I do not want to do six podcasts. You do a not week. want
0: to do six podcasts. I would like
1: do one podcast. No, this a week. The, this
0: <laughs> I don't. Know, I don't really understand the, the mind of a po- of a toddler. But this is the thing that my daughter my daughter will do now. She'll say things like, um, "I want to go upstairs." Do you? You want to go upstairs? No. I want to go outside. Really? You want to go outside? No. Oh, so you're
1: saying she sounds like more and more like a woman?
0: (laughs) And she'll, you know, she'll say she'll say, "I want to have ice cream." Really, you want to have ice cream? No. The instant changing. First of of all, she said
1: no when asked for about ice cream. Yes, and that's just not right.
0: It's very strange. She doesn't like any of the foods the kids usually like. Okay. Here's the thing:
1: we have to promise everybody we will not talk about uh, the children. That's during correct. the podcast. That's okay, here the, here, here's what I promised to you, which, by the way, is not a guarantee. Uh, Wade will no longer talk about opera Blu-rays. Wade, can you promise us that?
0: Absolutely not. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a spe- – uh, you want me to have a separate podcast Yeah. opera oh, Blu-rays?
1: F yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you would start the show with – I'm like, you know what? You're turning off the listener immediately with some opera crap. They don't want to hear about that.
0: I, I, Gods at digigods.com. Tell us your, the name of your favorite opera.
1: No, no. Tell us the name of your favorite opera that you heard about on the podcast, because they'll, they'll go and Google opera and just come up with emails. The first we one got, they we got, we got two
0: giveaways today, by the way. Two giveaways? Two are, two they, giveaways. are the opera giveaways? No, they're not. <laughs> oh,
1: hang on, hang on a second. All right. So I promise. Uh, now I'm, I'm not sure about the baking, though. I don't know if people like that. It seems like people have responded to the baking. Now, of course, I have a temporarily stopped baking because I've gained ten pounds. No kidding, I gained ten really? pounds. Gained I 10 I used to be 165. I'm now 175. But uh, I'm now 171, uh, so I'm I'm losing it. So, you know, if nobody wants the baking stuff, we don't have to do the baking stuff for the new show. But, uh, you know, I'll probably keep doing it because until you people tell me to stop. Um, Okay, so opera, uh, Blu-rays, I cannot guarantee we will not talk about that anymore. Uh, I will guarantee that we will continue to talk about all the great – new independent releases, Criterion releases, little movies that you've never heard about that we can hopefully recommend to you. Also, you got to admit, we talk about superhero movies a lot, we talk about tentpole films a lot, and you have to admit, even though we seem like curmudgeonly old, get-off-my-lawn people, we do like a lot of these movies. You can tell that we are, in our heart of hearts, fanboys. So we'll be talking about all those movies, too. We did not do that just to make IGN happy. We did it because we love those movies, too. We want to love those movies, too. And really, by and large, we've been very favorable to all the Marvel films. Less the DC films, but all the Marvel films.
0: Very true. Very true. And, uh, and speaking of, isn't it fascinating, as we get to this point in the summer, uh, what a weird summer this has been. I mean, on, on three levels. Weird in this sense. Weird in the sense that we've had the two biggest opening weekends in history in the same summer, possibly three in the same year when Star Wars opens. Um, The biggest success ever, I mean, in movie history in a year is now official already at the end of summer, and that's Universal. Universal has made more money, has earned more money by August than any other studio has ever earned in an entire year, period.
1: Between Furious 7 and Jurassic World, Neither of them superhero
0: movies. Uh, Neither of them franchise... But both sequels, which is, you know... Both sequels, but but one is 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 a franchise that's been rebooted. It hasn't been around for over a decade... You know, everybody thought the Jurassic films ran their course a decade ago. For, for, you know, this guy is coming from independent films, and then Furious is like—it's a series that started w- with the, like a horrible movie. It was terrible. The first one is a, it's a Rob film. Cohen film. It's it's like a B—he's a, m- a B movie guy. Yeah. Well. Anyway. What do you want? There you go. Okay. So, Mark. Yes, ma'am. This week. Oh. This is what we're starting with. I want it. You with, mean, with you, the, you're going to give this to me, aren't we you? We haven't talked about lenticular covers in a long time. We used to have a lot of fun, in, fun euphemisms for lenticular, testicular, and ventricular. And uh, are you going to never... give me this? No. Are you I you kidding want me? It. I,
1: I want it. I want Man Max Fury road. I want it right now.
0: <laughs> 3D. Oh, who cares about I, can't, I, can't, I can't say that the, the 3... See, and it's interesting because the, uh, I did not see this projected in 3D. I saw the, uh, a 2D projection of this, which was plenty fine for me. So the 3D uh, was purely a home, a home theater experience. And I, I don't think it makes a big deal. I really uh-uh, don't. 3D? Uh, not, I wouldn't know. I didn't see it in 3D. N- not, not this film. By the no. way, we have
1: a giveaway. Wade teased a giveaway. Two giveaways. And then, two, and then forgot all about it. Yeah. Um, but let's just say that we will talk about Mad Max. Yep. And And just as a spoiler, we liked
0: it. Oh man, did we like it? Well, here's the thing, and in, in our friend Luke Thompson, who is uh, who has his own uh, his own take on this, and this is his fourth favorite Mad Max film. He was saying that recently over on uh, on Naked Robot. Um, you know, I don't really I, I I understand what he's saying, but I gotta say, this is I don't know, man. I I, I don't like ranking them. I love this film. I love this film. This film was such a roar. This was just such a trip, such a ride. Well, uh, also,
1: you look. People complain about the Avenger films and the, about uh, how they're kind of they're a little convoluted in the plot.
0: There's right? no convoluted here.
1: Oh no, this is just a, this <laughs> is just and just an adrenaline needle to the heart. That's it. for two hours, and that's it.
0: You don't have to worry about it's who Ultras,
1: who's Ultron, no. who's uh, well, who's Ant Man fighting, who's the guy no. with the bald guy with the big suit. I don't know. You don't have to worry about any of that.
0: Furiosa <laughs> takes the girls. Um uh, and and everybody's chasing everybody else and eventually they team up with Max and they they and they've got to escape uh, uh you know uh, lunatic crazy man what's his name
1: I wish everybody could uh, see another movie all about the making of this movie and you will see what it's like to go eight thousand miles into some African desert
0: Immortan Joe
1: right yeah. and make a movie. Right,
0: played by Hugh keyes byrne who, by the way, played the toe cutter in the uh, first Mad Max.
1: That is true. He's so awesome. Oh, he's
0: he has awesome. that voice. He has that really scary, intimidating voice. It's great. Anyway. And then
1: what happens is you see stills from you know Star Wars, upcoming Star Wars, upcoming this and that, yeah. and, and upcoming Star Trek. I saw those. Everybody's in front of a green screen. The yeah. whole is in front of a green screen. Well, a you lot... watch this movie, and there's green screen stuff in here.
0: But it's, it's mostly you know, the, the environment. It's the rocks and the cliffs, and they, sort of, they, they, they really amp up the, uh, the, uh, the environment. It was shot in Namibia, in Africa, where, there are, where it's mostly pretty flat land. So they, they use CGI to amp up things that you're not really paying attention to, which is the valleys and the rocks and the cliffs and the overhangs and, and all that stuff, and create kind of an interesting world. But otherwise, man, the car stuff, that's the real deal. There's 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 not a lot of CGI going on there. These they are on rigs, and these rigs were built, and uh, the stunts are real. And they were the guys who are on on those poles, flying back. Oh, that and was
1: forth. it's a great visual. It's a great stunt.
0: And and it's that is legit. There's no blue screen or green screen green screening going on there. Those guys are on those freaking poles. I mean, you watch the behind the scenes stuff, you just go, "Are you kidding me? Really? How did you?" I mean, they're all timed. It's just beautiful. It's it's uh, it's magic. It is magic. Um, how do you feel about Tom Hardy as Mad Max? Well, Big, I feel big like... shoes to fill. Huh? Big shoes to fill. It is
1: big shoes to fill. I, I think the issue ultimately, and this, this was an issue some people had with the film, is that the character is not much in this movie.
0: Well, it's much more her film. It's, it's her Curio- film. That's it's thing. So, film. So yeah. let's
1: say you put the most charismatic actor on Earth. Charlize in that... Theron
0: owns this movie. Yes. Yeah.
1: And, and the movie is built for her to own. Yeah. So you, if you put even the most charismatic actor ever in that role – Does it matter? Because he's really, it's a supporting part. Very true. So Tom Hardy, I think he's great. Yeah. I think he's great in everything he does. I think Mm -hmm. he's great in this. I agree. You know, I'm hoping that in the next one, although the film is a little soft, it did not not set the world on fire box office wise. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling it might be on a little bit of a bubble in terms of making another one.
0: Although well george miller he, has said he's got two more he's got and two more. And the and the rumor is that he's being offered or being courted for uh the next superman film
1: so if he does that which
0: well but see i don't i don't fully buy that i i'm sure he probably took a meeting for it like he takes a meeting for everything that he's offered you know it's just courtesy in hollywood you do somebody offers you i mean if they offered him you know meatballs for he'd probably take a meeting on <gasps> it just to just to meet the people right i
1: would right? so want to be a part <laughs> of that movie Imagine.
0: Um, the meatball on fire rolling down, and wiping out the camp. Exactly. So, uh, but yeah, the, the point being
1: is that uh, I don't uh,
0: think he's going to do Superman too. No. It's, just, it's it's not. Why would George Miller do that? It's but the, I would he say that, it, that
1: if this thing was Gangbusters, if this yeah. thing was eight hundred million dollars worldwide, even six hundred million dollars worldwide, he might think, "Oh my God, this is it. How can I not do another one?" Now he has an excuse not to do it. Well, it's, sort of, it's you know what, It's a little like Prometheus. I, because Prometheus, they're so doing another one though. It was on the bubble. Yeah. It was not, that was not a slam dunk green light.
0: I'm going to tell you this, because it was rated R, is the reason it wasn't a slam dunk in theaters. You know, it, it, it had the, the R handicap. But I guarantee you, this thing's going to do incredibly well on, on Blu ray, on DVD. And um, it'll be one of those movies that generates enough heat in its second life that it will, uh, they'll have sequels. Those next two films, they will happen.
1: Now, on, on the new show, uh, are you going to bump the mic? Maybe because one of us always bumps them on every show.
0: I know, I know.
1: Our point being is that uh, Mad Max: Fury Road, fantastic, awesome. one of our favorite films of the year, Got one love of the it. best action films, of the last twenty-five years, if it's not great. ever.
0: Yep, fantastic. Yep, absolutely superb. Did you like it? Loved it. Oh, uh, well, maybe I wasn't not so sure. much. Yeah. Uh, and it's out there from Warner Brothers in a fantastic Blu-ray, 3D, Blu-ray, DVD, digital, HD, ultraviolet thing. You can watch this in any form, in any player. It'll follow you around. It'll, it'll, it'll be attached to it, your hit. It'll be fantastic. You'll love it. Uh, a bunch of other things coming out this week. That's the, uh, that's the Big Mama. Uh, a few other things real quickly. We've got... Um, What's the Big Mama? Mad Max. Oh, God. That was the Big Mama.
1: I thought you were pointing at something I was holding,
0: no no, 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 said, no, no. that
1: 's the big mama. no no no, no. ha <laughs> yeah
0: no, no, no we got a few other things here we'll We'll, we'll blow through them uh, relatively quickly because we we 're going to do a lot this week because we 're off uh, for at least one more week, so we're going to try to really really uh, knock it out uh, this time uh, we've got to think one of these based on a true stories deals here uh back country um, you know i uh, this has become one of these things now, and there have been a lot of indie films where, where, and the the Liam Neeson thing was was kind of the start of it, uh, where people are just like now lost in, and they're fighting bears and wolves and, and they're lost in the in the forest, and it's all sort of uh, adapting the old monster movie slash shark movie Jaws or whatever for um, just wild animals in our forests. So people won't believe that you're running from the creature from the Black Lagoon anymore, but they will believe that you're running from a a rabid grizzly bear or whatever the case is. And uh, that may run its course actually come Oscar season with The Revenant because The Revenant is a little bit of that, but it looks legit.
1: Oh, and yeah. it, it may well,
0: raise the bar once again. That's
1: right, considering who is being directed and shot In-Yari by the same too. guys who did uh, yeah, it's, it's, Gravity. It, and, yeah. Yeah, it, Those guys it, are no, all it, it's charge. It's too and, and Emmanuel. It? Emmanuel.
0: Who are, you know, right after coming off of Birdman.
1: Uh, Birdman. Those yeah. guys are geniuses. Yeah.
0: And, uh, you know, Leonardo, not my favorite actor, but it looks pretty great. Anyway, this is uh, uh, written and directed by Adam McDonald. And um, it's, I mean, it's... It's fine. Uh you know, no major names in it, but it's uh basically takes place in the Canadian wilderness and uh you know, you you think you're in a you know, you're safe and you're good and you're you're smart campers and then uh you know all hell breaks loose. So I mean it's it's fair, it's decently done. I guess these people will probably work again. It's a it's a decent Blu-ray. And that is backcountry. And then for the older set uh who aren't into Grizzly movies, I'll see you in my dreams. Is uh, one of these it, it, this is becoming a thing now, right with the Marigold Hotel and everything else or movies about uh, you know older people trying to sort of get it on, get hot and heavy in their twilight years, make the twilight years uh, more like their teen years. And I don't know where that genre came from, but it's uh, apparently here to stay. So this is uh, a movie starring Blythe Danner. As a widow who is trying to find that last chapter in her life, and uh, she's finding it rather uh, dour and unilluminating. She doesn't want to be an old woman. She's not ready to, to go, and she wants to still have, uh, still have some vivaciousness in her late life. And that's when, of all people, Sam Elliott enters the picture. And i got to tell you, man, Sam Elliott, that guy is just the real deal. He's he, Sam Elliott. He's just Sam Elliott, and he only ever plays himself with the, with the cigar and, and, and the voice. I'm not even going to try to do the even voice.
1: Even when he's not wearing a, wearing a cowboy hat, he acts as if he's wearing a cowboy he's
0: hat. Just, he's got all kinds of swagger, and he's so charming, and he's just and the voice is just immortal. You realize he married Catherine Ross. You, you, you realize after she'd been chased by no less than Dustin Hoffman and Paul Newman and Robert Redford. She, he's the one that bags her. Yeah. Look at um, that guy. Look God. at God. Sam. Sam. That, they've been, and that that's still lasting. It's amazing. Uh but anyway, that's essentially the what this movie is. And it it, it tries to be poignant. I don't think it's as poignant as, as it thinks it is, but it's okay. It uh, uh Sam Elliott's great and he almost makes the whole thing worthwhile. Uh when, you know, the, the little gaggle of old ladies uh, that she has around her, which includes uh, Rhea Perlman and uh, Mary Kay Place and June Squibb, who I know you're a big fan of from Nebraska. From Nebraska, uh, yeah, that 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 gets a little a little old, you know, four old, four little old ladies acting like teenage girls and and you know wreaking havoc. Uh, that's not so cool. But otherwise, I'll see you in my dreams. it's perfectly uh, perfectly enjoyable for for what it is for a certain generation.
1: Uh, Wait, uh, Robin Williams died over a year ago. Yet he still keeps coming out with movies. And I, and you know what now we, now we look at his uh, his smaller more dramatic films in, in in a whole new light knowing he was battling with depression so much yeah. so you look at you look at a movie like uh, you know a One Hour Photo when he's in dour mode mm. and you wonder what he was working out maybe that's why he took those roles and now we've got Boulevard and this one was uh, it was fairly uh, fairly successful um, he plays a married guy who he's you know sixty years old works at a bank. And it turns out that he has a secret that he keeps from his family, and in his you know late middle age, he that secret becomes known, and now mm-hmm. it's how it affects him and his family. And uh, Kathy Baker plays his wife, and she's always very good. And uh, this thing kind of came and went like most of Robin Williams's small movies, but uh, you know what? I think this one's pretty good. It's a it's a believable story. I'm not saying we haven't seen this stuff before. But uh, it's you know it it, it 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 makes you think about how you would react if somebody you've known for whatever forty years yeah. turns out that they're they're gay. Yeah. You know, does it? Do you care? Does it affect you not at all? Does it affect you fundamentally in terms of how you think of them? And so you know it uh, it, it really gets into some interesting areas. So Boulevard again, you know, it's not a tour de force of any kind, and it's kind of cheesy sometimes, and it's uh, you know, but it's I, I liked it. I think it's a good little movie, Boulevard. Uh, less good is a movie called Seven Minutes, and uh, Seven Minutes is uh, one of those uh, you know bank heist movies where uh, you know they, they're going to do a robbery, and uh, you know it's a type of robbery where, like they're they're in and out like ten minutes.
0: Yeah, you it got never it down, happens.
1: Down man, ten minutes.
0: You ever notice those bank heists never the every every time there's one of those depicted in a movie, it never goes down like that. Like every bank robbery you ever hear about, it's usually. Some some old guy, you know, in, in his in his boxer shorts, wearing uh, you know, wearing like a little orphan Annie wig, who uh, puts on a Batman mask and walks in and hands a badly written note to a to a teller, and just kind of twiddles his thumbs while she fills the bag, and nobody really pays any attention. That's what it is. That's how bank robberies go down. There's never a bunch of guys in masks who walk in with sawed-off shotguns and jump up on you know desks and say everybody on the floor, open the safe. That never happens. Well,
1: what they should do is they should do a movie. Called seven minutes about a bank heist, yeah, and it should take seven minutes. They do the bank <laughs> heist, then leave, and
0: that's, that's the it. movie.
1: Yeah, well, it says the guy is like the The movie's okay. like it's going to take seven minutes to rob okay. this bank. He does seven minutes, it's over. Okay. Anyway, uh, what, what, what what these guys do, which you know has its charms, is they they give you the heist in real time, repeatedly. So you see it from different. Uh, it's done in flashback, seen through different angles. Very Seven Samurai ish mm-hmm. or. Uh, um, not Seven Samurai, you know, a uh, Rashman. Rashman. Yeah, Rashman esque. And so you see it in real time from different perspectives, building up to the big event. All right. So that's, a, sure. that's an interesting little concept. I'd like to see a more polished uh, filmmaker attempt it, but it does have Chris Christopherson in it, and he is always cool.
0: All right. And Jason
1: Ritter. Okay.
0: Also. Uh, you know, a director who we all really once loved was John McNaughton, who seemed to have it really going on. He does
1: TV mostly at this point. But
0: it's weird. He's one of those guys. He just like he was on the bubble. Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, and then he made the uh, the thing with De Niro and Bill Murray. Oh yeah, uh, not Mad Dog Gloria. That was it. That was it. A... Mad Dog and Glory. And uh, you know he like he was like, oh my gosh, he's really like he was going to be the next David O. Russell, right? Yeah, like, before this, that, there was a David O. Russell, that
1: distinctive. Yeah, it's like he had a he had a whole guy. yeah he, he had a whole,
0: vibe he had a vibe, and then he just went away. And I don't really know what happened. But anyway, he uh, he's back. Uh, and this is his first film in like 15 years. And uh, it's called The Harvest. It is... Um, it, 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 you can tell he's a little rusty. But otherwise, I you know, he's working with a good cast. Uh, Peter Fonda shows up in this thing. But basically, this it belongs to uh, Michael Shannon and Samantha Morton. They're terrific. They're absolutely great in this. Two really good actors who I admire enormously. And uh, it's... Uh, yeah, there, there's a lot. It's it's very nervy. It's very suspenseful. Um, it's uh, you know it gets into this whole. There's like a you know Charlie Tayhan from Gotham is, plays this uh, this 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 creepy creepy kid in this thing, and um, the whole the whole thing. I don't want to call it a haunted house movie because it's not really what it is. But it's a it's a very it's a it's a it's a suspenseful, horary, thrillery thing. Uh, centered around this family with all kinds of interesting little uh, little side threads, and it's called The Harvest. Comes to us from Screen Factory and IFC uh, Midnight, courtesy of Shout Factory. Um, worth checking out if you're a John McNaughton fan, you'll know what to expect. It ha- it definitely has his signature, but I gosh, keep in keep in practice, man. Come on back, do some some big major movies.
1: That is true. We have uh, The Curse of Downers Grove, which is a really stupid teen horror film. Um, luckily, it's only uh, it's less than ninety minutes. That's a good thing. Anyway, it's, a, it's this ridiculous teen soap opera-type story about this uh, little school in Illinois, and uh, at this high school, at the end of every year, one senior dies in a gruesome accident. Oh, that's good. So it, there's, there's this Indian curse involved, which winds up having nothing to do with anything, which, like, really pissed me off. And it becomes, you know, who's the one who's going to die? Where does the curse come from? And the, the, what, what I found funny about this is that it it's supposedly... It says on the back of the box as I was opening it up, inspired by true events. Now, what true events... Yeah, they, that's,
0: that's another one. That we, that, we have, that's a theme well, no, no, this no. week.
1: So what what true events would have anything to do with a curse where a high school kid dies every year? Did, has that actually happened? Not really.
0: You know, I... Uh, exactly. uh, I I uh, Let me look that up. I'll bet I could find one.
1: Anyway, it's got, a, you know, Tom Arnold's in it and uh, Lucas Till. People like the Lucas Till, I guess, and Kevin Zeggers. Like, Lucas Till Kevin Zeggers are two kind of up-and-coming young guys and uh, you know they're fine handsome and fine but uh, this thing was just not really well put together not very thrilling and uh, it's got a lot of cliches in it and it's basically just uh, really silly
0: yeah I hear you um, well, here's our first giveaway this week it's a movie called Five Star uh, which comes to us from uh, the uh, wonderful people at uh, well it's, an, it's Accelerator Media uh, made the they released the film theatrically and on DVD uh, but it's uh, it's come comes to us from Up the Street Films. They made it in association with Brooklyn Filmmakers Collective, and uh, you know what I what I like about this this film really came out of the blue, and uh, it's it's been kind of beneath the radar because it's a, it's really kind of a, a lower tier indie and nobody's really been t- paying a lot of attention to it but here's what's really interesting about this um, the whole bloods and crips thing really kind of ran its course back in oh gosh by the late 80s early 90s that was almost uh, over it was like boys in the hood pretty much sealed that whole thing off remember that colors boys in the hood sure. and then everybody was we were done with the, with the whole uh, the whole gang thing in film uh, and everything everybody who tried thereafter it just sort of kept recycling the same story over and over and over and it never it didn't have anything new to say this is completely a, a completely different a new take on it and I think it's terrific. This is a great little indie film. I wish there were more like this. It's a great example of how you can do great drama. Uh, with good no-name actors and uh, and put the whole thing together on a on a on a shoestring and have it not look like a, like it was put together on a shoestring. Uh, written, directed, and edited by Keith Miller. Keep your eye on him. Keith Miller is is really uh, he's he's going to be something one of these days. Um, basically, this is the uh, it's this it's a, it's a fatherhood story. It's about a guy who's been a gangster since he was a kid, and uh, he takes uh, this orphaned kid who was uh, the son of a guy that was you know, previously like one of his, his mentors, takes him, uh, takes him on. And uh, it takes place in New York, and it is, um, it is a r- narratively very interesting. I won't tell you exactly what it does narratively, but it's very, very interesting. Um, completely novel approach to the story and uh, to the, the subject matter, and it's, it's really worth checking out. So we are giving away two copies of Five Star. Uh, we will randomly pick a winner. Make sure you get your emails to us at gods at by the 4th, September the 4th, Friday. They should be dated no later than September the 4th. And put your name and address in the body of the email and put five star, two words all spelled out, five star, F-I-V-E-S-T-A-R in the subject line. And we will uh, pick two lucky people uh, by Friday the or, or after we receive all the emails on Friday the 4th uh, at the latest. Uh, so five star, good film, two DVDs. There you go. You'll be, you'll be happy.
1: You'll be glad you did. Yeah. Uh, the D Train is a movie that uh, made me sad. I'll tell you why it made me sad. It looks like such a good cast. Well, here's the thing is that, you know, uh, Jack Black was so fantastic in uh, Bernie uh, about four years ago. Uh, I just love that film. It's a great film. It's the best use of his gifts. He was good in it. It should have been like a little career uh, booster rocket for him. Yeah. Never happened. Man. He did Bernie, and people loved him in it, but it never wound up really relaunching him, so he winds up in the D Train. Which, you know, I guess there was an episode of The Simpsons and Family Guy that had kind of the same uh, concept. But essentially Jack Black plays a uh, uh, husband and father who, in his high school years, he was desperately uncool. And so he decides to go back to, to his high school reunion and take with him this TV hunk played by James Marsden. And so if Jack Black brings a huge TV star to his high school reunion, he will suddenly be cool, which he never was in high school. And uh, so I'm not saying that that premise, doesn't have pr- that premise doesn't have promise.
0: Have you ever seen James Marsden and Chris <coughs> Pine in the same place at the same time? No, I have not. Okay. Just made my point. Carry on. <laughs> Just made my point.
1: Do you, th- you think they look alike?
0: I, I think they're the same person. I do. What? I do. I check the SAG records. I'll bet you all those, uh, all those paychecks for, uh, for star- from Star Trek and from the X-Men films, I, I bet they all go to the same address.
1: Anyway, there's some funny stuff in this. I I I don't know that it comes together any particularly to any meaningful effect. But you know, as a Saturday night rental, sure, you can do a lot worse than the D Train, especially if you're a Jack Black fan. But I think it's funny. Could have been funnier. You know, it could have had a little bit more to say about about uh, people's awkward teen years, and how they'd love to make up for that, and wish that their life had turned out differently, and that kind of stuff. A little more to say about that would have been nice, give it a little bit of a sure. dimension, wasn't sure. really there. Yeah. So, and Jack Black, he's in, uh, you know, half, half funny, half wacky mode, he's like an odd character, some people may not like the fact that he's kind of unlikable, but still it is Jack Black, and Jack Black, to me, is always unlikable, well, as a person and a character.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, so there's D-Train.
0: You know, animals... Uh... Well, what was the uh, what was the film that I I'm hate? I'm st- going
1: to cough. Is that okay? Go
0: ahead. Go ahead and do it.
1: <coughs> I'm getting over a horrible cold. By the way, I had a cold for like four days. I took a day off work.
0: You never do that.
1: I, I don't. I took. I, in fact, I would have taken two days off work, but uh, I had to be at the office. But what I'm saying is, I'm overcoming a cold.
0: Well, good for you. So, Animals is a movie by uh, Colin Schiffler and uh it was written by uh, the lead actor in it david dustal or dust 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 Malkian. dust mackin anyway uh the uh, you know what this this is uh this wants to be kind of a lower tier or lower budget version of uh What's the the the, the 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 drug the drug addicted thing that you loved so much? But with requiem the for a that's dream? it, requiem for a dream. It wants to be a requiem for a dream kind of thing. You know, a couple of addicts and uh, trying to trying to somehow be functional addicts and uh, manage to you know hang out in Chicago and and somehow have a life but be addicts at the same time and. Of course, it never works. It, all these things are all variations on uh, on all the old alcoholism movies, the uh, you know the uh, Days of Wine and Roses and the Lost Weekend. That's sort of where all this stuff begins, and it hasn't really changed very much. It hasn't become substantially different since. It's just that now people swap in various drugs in place of alcohol, and uh, it, you know, acting's fine, but it just isn't. It isn't unique. It isn't fresh enough. On the other hand. I want to talk fresh? I think this movie is terrific. Um, good kill, man, with Ethan Hawke. Maybe the best performance Ethan Hawke has ever given on film. The most restrained performance Ethan Hawke has been. You know, in stuff like Boyhood, I often feel like he's trying too hard. But here, he just pulls it all. He goes full internal. He goes into Paul Newman mode, man. He just lets it grind him and uh, grind his guts up while you watch him. This is a sensational movie, written and directed by Andrew Nichol. Andrew Nichol, one of my favorite directors working. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, love him. I, Andrew Nichol, of course, famous for Gattaca primarily. Uh, but, you know, he's also done stuff like Simone, which I loved and everyone else hated. You I know? love Simone. Nah, it's lame. hysterical. It's lame. You know who's taken,
1: you know who's taken Andrew Nichols' place uh, the uh, as a director? Uh, the guy who did um, the, uh, the movie. Ex they... Machina?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Ale- Gartner, or, Gar- uh, yeah, uh, or Garland, uh, Alex Garland. Alex Garland. Garland, yeah. Alex Garland is kind of taking his place. He's kind of becoming that guy. But you know what? Andrew Nichol, this is, this is he, nobody can really take his place. This is a sensational film. It's out on Blu-ray uh, with an ultraviolet on it uh, from Paramount. This is, this is so freaking good, I can't even tell you. Um, here's what it's about. This is about a guy, Andrew, uh, Ethan Hawke plays a guy who was a, uh, he was a fighter pilot. He's no longer a fighter pilot. Now he is a drone pilot. He sits basically somewhere in the Nevada desert. He walks into a into a trailer, a top secret uh, trailer, and he he basically sits there and he pilots drones and watches on a video camera while thousands of miles away in Afghanistan, he blows things up and blows people up and uh, and and spies on people who have no idea what's coming. Uh, and it is it's all about how. That haunts him and how that just eats him alive. Not only what he's doing and the distance, the, the the antiseptic way in which he's now killing people at a distance, just sitting down, not even piloting a plane. But but how it affects his family. Uh, January Jones does a really good job playing his uh, playing his wife. Bruce Greenwood plays his immediate superior. I mean, you know Zoe Kravitz, who's just in everything these days, including uh, Mad Max: Fury Road. Uh, she is sensational as another one of these uh, one of these pilots. Um, the whole thing is just really really first rate. It's very very claustrophobic because you're you're in this room so much of the time. But yet it's not claustrophobic because you see all the stuff that's going on in Afghanistan remotely on the screen... And I, when you think about the logistics of actually shooting the, the drone footage and then shooting the other footage and how it all fits together, Nickel does a hell of a job here. He he creates suspense and tension and drama in ways that I've never seen created before in a film uh, of this type. It is, a, it is a first-rate character study. It is gripping. It is, uh, it is really a discovery, and I'm sorry that more people didn't see it. Ethan Hawke in Good Kill. Do not miss this movie on Blu-ray.
1: Look at that. As we exit IGN... Yeah. You're coming out there with the big endorsements. Uh, big endorsements. You're not going out as a hater, Wade. No,
0: I'm not. i is a lover. I really love Good Kill. It just it works on so many levels. It's so smart.
1: Uh, it was, Andrew Nichols is the man. He is. I'm actually I'm dude. surprised that I'm I'm disappointed that this film didn't get bigger play.
0: Yeah, it should have. Sweet.
1: So, wait uh, there's a um, there's an ancient two-legged uh, monster running around uh, upstate New York. Let me tell you something.
0: I know, it's and wild. his name is Bill De Blasio. <laughs> No, I'm what? joking. I'm joking. It's a big joke.
1: Can you say that Donald Trump should have <laughs> should have run for mayor of New York instead of the president? Like, he kind of could have. He could have. He could have won. Yeah. They love him there. I, and I'm
0: joking. I have a very very good friend who who actually I just saw the other day. She was in town. She works for De Blasio. So I don't 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 throw bombs at me. It's a big, just a joke. It's just a joke. Throw away joke.
1: I right, so the <clears throat> there's this, uh, by the way send out angry emails to Wade. Uh, so there's a movie. This, so the 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 movie with the dumbest title of the year is Dark Was the Night. And this stars Kevin Durant and Lucas Haas, and it's all about the uh, the finding and supposedly killing of this ancient uh, two legged monster that has uh, showed up to uh, <laughs> Maiden woods. Wait, dark was the night. I mean, uh, what the hell else is dark supposed to be? Dark? What, are you kidding me? Dark was. They're, it it sounds like something Snoopy would write.
0: They, what they're hoping is, is that somebody will actually walk past this on the on the and best dark on, night. on the Best Buy shelf which is where it's an exclusive, and they'll say, oh, The Dark Knight. Oh, it's not The Dark Knight. Well, I wonder what it is. what And maybe they'll take a second look. That's what they're hoping.
1: But that's, that's terrible. But it's, it's like Naked Came the Manatee. Remember Naked Came the Manatee? Yeah.
0: See, no, what, nobody wants to see a manatee naked.
1: Have you, have, have you, have you ever read Naked Came the Manatee? Have you, have you heard, you've heard no, of that?
0: I've heard of it, but never read it.
1: Okay, I have to say this. Okay. Okay, it, it, it. It's great. Okay, this movie's stupid. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> Naked Came the Manatee, was. it came out like in, in the mid-90s, like 1996. And <clears throat> it started in Miami. Sure. And the, the editor of the newspaper there, the Herald, the yes. guy was brilliant. He goes to Dave Barry and says, Dave Barry, I'm going to write a novel. The novel's going to have 13 chapters. Each chapter will be written by a different Miami writer. And the whole idea is that, Dave, you will write the first chapter. It will then be handed to the second writer, who will then have to take your characters and do whatever he wants to them in the second chapter. And it will be then handed off to a third writer who will take the first two chapters and advance the plot. And it will then be sent to the fourth and fifth and sixth and seventh and eighth writer and on and on until Carl Hiaasen wrote the final chapter where he had to tie all the loose ends together and end the story. What a mess. It was hilarious. It was just awesome. And it was obviously an experiment in comedy and parody yeah, and sure. mystery storytelling. This is great. Anyway, uh, highly recommended novel. Buy it on Amazon. Naked came the manatee, and the whole idea is that the name o- is stupid. It's an
0: omnibus thing, yeah.
1: But it's a goof, and it's called Naked Came the Manatee, which has nothing to do with nothing, and uh, it's, it's great. Anyway, when I saw Darkness, you know, that's the more night, than that's that I knew. About I thought it. of. Oh, it's great. It's a lot
0: more than I ever wanted to know about this. Oh, it's great, so i you. Yeah.
1: All right. Next, we have uh, a. <clears throat> Next we have a Broken Horses. Uh, this movie was not very good. This uh, is about Anton Yelchin, who plays uh, uh, Chekhov in the Star Trek films. He returns to his hometown and uh, finds that his, uh, he's got like this uh, simple-minded brother, and the simple-minded brother has joined a gang. Uh, and the gang is run by, of course, the, one of the best ruthless bosses of this generation, Vincent D'Onofrio. He yeah. always plays a great ruthless boss, Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. And uh, so he decides to, to join the gang in order to get his brother out. This thing is just—it's just filled with clichés. It's weirdly kind of baroque, very very dark, and uh, you know I just think this thing just does not succeed at all. You know the performances are fine, but the script is really clichéd. A lot of distasteful stuff happens. It's just really kind of boring, and a lot of secrets and, uh, are revealed in terms of the characters and how they grew up and who they are, but uh, it's not that interesting. Really sloppy stuff. So I'm not a fan of Broken Horses, uh, even though James Cameron says Broken Horses is an artistic triumph.
0: Uh, yeah, you gotta wonder what what friend of his was involved in this.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to find if there's any uh, the could, connection. Could, no, could, no, because you know, because uh, uh, James Cameron signed off on the new Terminator film because it was written by like yeah. his former assistant Whatever. or somebody like that, Leta Calgorius. Happen,
0: happens all the time. I, happens all the time. You're 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 like you're. Your chauffeur winds up, you know, writing a movie, and they come back and go, would you throw me a quote? And they somehow they do because they don't think it damages their brand, and they're probably right. So the uh, the offspring of famous people oftentimes get together and make uh, make pretty good movies. And uh, this is a case uh, of another one of this. this is our second giveaway of the week from E1, uh, directed by Gil Cates Jr., and uh, starring Sean Astin, both of them uh, kind of Hollywood royalty. And uh, pretty well done for a uh, a lower tier movie uh, that goes straight to uh, straight to DVD. Uh, it comes with an audio commentary and uh, music videos and featurettes and deleted scenes and all the usual stuff and great behind the scenes stuff. There's actually a really a fairly uh, complete documentary here on the making of the film, which is good because the logistics of it are kind of up there uh, on a, like, with like Captain Phillips. It's got you know similar logistics going on, and you have to really kind of applaud them. They really did a good job with this. Um, it's about a plane crash in Lake Michigan and uh, the the aftermath of that, and uh, it, it becomes almost it, it turns into kind of a um, a fearless thing in in a way. Uh, the Jeff Bridges, a Peter Weir film. It kind of it goes into a little bit oh, of fearless uh, territory. Fearless, Yeah. yeah. Gets into that territory a little bit, too. So, uh, it's, so it's a survival film. It's a tragedy film. It's a trauma film. But it's got the logistics of, of working with, in, you know, in, with Lake Michigan and all of these, these elements. It, it very nicely pulled off. So we're going to be giving away two copies of this. The Surface, The Truth Lies Beneath. I don't like the tagline very much. But uh, Sean Aston, Chris Mulkey, and Mimi Rogers star for uh, Gil Cates Jr. In The Surface, we're going to give away two copies. Uh, please pick which of the two movies that you want to uh, see, which you, you enter the giveaway for, Five Star or The Surface. Don't, please don't enter both. Uh, you can't win both. You can only win one. And uh, send us uh, a, an email to gods at Also dated no later than uh, September 4th. Friday, Uh, gods at digigods.com with your name and your address in the body of the email. And uh, in the subject, just put surface. S-U-R-F-A-C-E. Surface. And we will send two lucky people uh, a copy of uh, The Surface. Uh, Two more movies that I am uh, particularly fond of this week. Uh, One sort of shocks me. Lost After Dark is uh, is a retro 80s slasher movie. That uh, really does it quite nicely. Really captures the whole essence and soul of that thing in a in a shockingly legitimate way. Uh, and even though I don't like those movies, the fact that this is, does a, such a brilliant job of capturing the essence of those films uh, really kind of uh, caught me over. Uh, it, it it carried me. So I applaud uh, Ian Kessner, who uh, directed it, for really be knowing his, his material and really, really giving it, ex- the, you know, the look, the pacing, the style, the music, everything. It all comes together. It is, uh, it is uh, a, a pastiche and it is uh, kitsch and it is actually a whole lot of fun. It's called Lost After Dark, and that made me think about. This forthcoming film that's coming out in a matter of weeks, the Final Girls. Have you been tra- tracking the Final Girls? The Final Girls. Oh my gosh, Never dude! It. Looks brilliant. I got a link on it. I'm going to be watching it uh, probably this weekend. Who, who directed it? Uh, gosh, I forget. Yeah. Who, it's it. The trailer is a riot. It is a stone cold riot.
1: Well, is, is it an American film? Or it's is American it a, film.
0: American it's a comedy. It's a comedy. Yeah. It's uh, it's basically about a bunch of kids who go to see. Uh, you know, they go to the, the revival theater to see this old '80s slasher film, It's like sleepover camp or something, whatever they made it made it up for the movie. It's clearly the you know a, some kind of Friday the Thirteenth thing or Halloween, and they wind up in um, in uh, Purple Rose of Cairo and Sherlock Jr. style, being sucked into the movie, and uh, they have to use their knowledge of the films and of horror films in general to keep from being killed in the movie and That's they it, oh, that it's, work. it's very funny okay. i mean they want well, whine- what's it called uh, the final girls the final the, the, girls the, the trailer is a riot the trailer is a hoot if the movie is even a fraction as funny as the trailer it's it's going to be great uh we've had a lot of revisionist westerns lately and they all they're all shot in other countries they're all shot in spain or south africa or you know uh, new zealand what have you and uh, most of them are are made by foreign directors with foreign castes and they deal very often with immigrants uh, I- who come to the American West, and uh, so they're 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 it's, they're all kind of an interesting spin on the spaghetti Western, and this is uh, no different. This is the Salvation. Bad Men Will Bleed is the uh, is the tagline on this. This is directed by Christian Levering, who is a Danish director who was part of the whole dogma movement originally before he realized, like all the rest of them, that Lars von Trier was just flat out of his mind and they all went their separate ways and, and started becoming real filmmakers again. And uh, Christian Levering uh, does very, very well with genre films. Um, this one is this is a pretty great movie. I got to be honest. It it feels in many respects like an old Clint Eastwood. It, it feels like Unforgiven. It has an Unforgiven feel to it. There are the whole revenge motif and everything. But for some reason, I it just you know what elevates it that extra level. Mads Mikkelsen, who is no longer Hannibal on television.
1: Mads does make everything better.
0: He just makes everything rocking. I mean, I know everybody here knows him as, as Hannibal, and now that that's off the air, you can discover him as a Danish man who uh, is you discover
1: is, him as a Danish.
0: Well, as a Danish man who, with his brother, is trying to make his way in the American frontier, and tragedy strikes him. And uh, boy, does he really unleash hell on the people who uh, who made his life hell? Uh, it is uh, it is bloody. It is. Tense. It is beautifully shot. It is nicely put together. It is maybe Christian levering's best film, and it's on Blu-ray, and it's called The Salvation. Really good. Matt's Mickelson just makes everything better. It's the bone structure, right? The cheekbones, Matt, whatever I mean, it is.
1: He's like the A-one sauce, isn't he, he? He makes everything better.
0: He does. He's You're like right.
1: he's like the peanut sauce. He's like yeah. the Thai. He's peanut the what sauce? sauce? He's the he's like the Thai peanut sauce. Okay. Of actors, where you know Make how sure Thai you peanuts... emphasize
0: that T in peanut?
1: Thai peanut sauce. Yeah. Makes everything better. Yeah. Chicken, beef, mm-hmm. salads. It's unbelievable. <laughs> okay. Mads is the Thai peanut sauce of film.
0: And uh, well two more. Let's just let me rock, rock these two last ones uh, out here. We got some listener mail too that we're gonna read uh, before we go on quasi hiatus for at least a week. Uh, little boy. You know, uh, this is this Blu-ray DVD combo with uh, Ultraviolet as well. Gets that Dove seal of approval, which means that there's absolutely nothing violent or objectionable in this film whatsoever. Or good. Uh, well, You know what? Actually, it's not bad. I've got to be honest. It's really, really not bad. Now, here's the thing. Uh, when you see the fact that it's produced by Mark Burnett and Roma Downey, mm-hmm. you, you immediately go, oh, no. They, 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 what, what, they, they've, they've become the, the preachy, messagey couple now. Everything has to be sort of hit me over the head with all of my life lessons. and, and Is you know.
1: Obama the devil in this one too?
0: <laughs> so anyway, um, this is about – it takes place during World War II, and it's about a little boy who wants his dad to come home safely and um it really is it's very sweet and very touching i got to be honest it's very very sweet and very touching it's a really good cast um emily watson is she's she's never been better uh she's just absolutely delightful in this thing um and uh tom wilkinson you know just, he can you can take him to the bank with absolutely anything but you know you know who's shockingly good in this um that it's like guy.
1: like Mickey Rooney from Zulu uh, no, no, Rascals or something. No,
0: no, who's shockingly good in this? Who who never does period films and who's always uh, who's always uh, doing like you know palooka work.
1: Oh, is that uh, Rappaport?
0: Sure is, wow. Michael Rappaport. Uh, Michael yeah. Rappaport yeah. just somehow <laughs> I don't know I don't know what his deal is, but you know it, just when I had written him off, and I you know I was at a, I was at a, a, a press junket with him once for uh, for True Romance. And he walked in with his just dumb grin on his face, eating a bagel. Continued to eat for the whole Q and A session. Didn't treat any every question was like somebody was asking him. You know, he just he just he didn't seem like he was all there. He just seemed kind of giddy and just happy to be alive, which is great. But you know, you have a job to do. But it's like, dude, this is a you know your level of professionalism doesn't seem to quite be up to snuff. And then he just started doing that guy, that same character over and over. And I thought, all right, he's done. And then he made that superhero thing. Oh yes,
1: right. Uh, not, it's not super. It's uh, was it called super? It was,
0: no, it was, it was the it, other one. Whichever one it normal was, normal or super, norm or super. one of those, yes. and where he's the guy who thinks he's a superhero, but he keeps hurting himself, and he doesn't realize he's hurting himself. Whatever that one was, I think it was. Uh, was it super? Might have been super. I anyway. think super
1: was the one with, um, rain Wilson.
0: Yeah, I, the, the the I get the two mixed up. Might have been normal. Anyway. Um, no but he you know what he just keeps he keeps surprising me and he comes through and he does a lovely job here. special special that was it so he does a wonderful job here so uh you know uh bravo uh little boy is is a film from mark burnett and roma downey that that i am i'm shocked that it's as good as it is and then lastly on uh, ray winstone who uh, i just love to death and who's in a really interesting film that opened this last week called zipper by the way you heard about zipper I'll tell you about Zipper later.
1: You know, that will be a great double feature with the fly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh!
0: Did not see that coming. Anyway. Uh, Ray Winstone and Richard Dreyfuss are the two best things in Zipper, frankly. But uh, he's in this movie called Lords of London, which is one of those uh, kind of cockney british crime films that he shows up in constantly and uh it's fine it's uh you know he he plays a crime lord and and uh it's it's a whole it's a whole you know revenge and double cross triple cross kind of thing and you know trying to make good on your on your past and we've seen this thing a million times it's not bad it's not great it's just adequate it's a it's totally fine for its genre and the only reason to see it is because it's got ray winstone in it who's always good all right, uh, Mark. Let's uh, let's do some docs, and um, we're going to go a little bit long on the show today to to you know kind of put an exclamation point on our uh, on our uh, our time with uh, IGN. But uh, so let's do some docs, and um, then after the docs, maybe we'll do listener mail, and then we'll uh, wrap it out with uh, as much anime and television and other stuff as we can possibly do. Um, you know, I'm going to first off mention Dusty's Trail, Summit of Borneo, which is uh, an interesting little doc from uh, Cinema Libre. Uh, Dusty Brandom, if you've never heard of Dusty Brandom, uh, suffers from a particular kind of muscular dystrophy that is even rarer than regular muscular dystrophy, and it's 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 devastating. And um, the uh, this is essentially the... Um, uh, the story of how he tries to get to the top of Mount Kinabalu which is this Malaysian mountain uh, on the island of Borneo uh to is kind of a, a an awareness raising trek for the fact that this kind of muscular dystrophy is so devastating <coughs> and so rare and so unaddressed. It kind of gets lost in the wake of all other forms of muscular dystrophy, and that's and it is um, it is inspiring and it is beautifully shot and it's a wonderful story and uh, a, a cause definitely worth paying attention to. So um, definitely check that out. the The form of muscular dystrophy is called Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Just so that everybody knows that Duchenne D U C very rare uh, form of it. So Dusty's Trail, Summit of Borneo, really sweet doc.
1: Wait, We have two docs uh, that are both recommended. One is called Our Man in Tehran. This is from uh, Drew Taylor and uh, Larry Weinstein. This is a documentary about – it's sort of like it's behind the true story of Argo. Remember Argo, the Ben Affleck film won Best Picture? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, which had the ending, the uh, kind of Delta force ending where you yeah. thought Chuck Norris was going to show up on the motorcycle while they're on the tarmac trying to get off, uh, off the grade. It, it, the ending didn't work for me, yeah. but I love the movie anyway.
1: I mean, part of me was like, you're about to lose a Best Picture nomination because of this scene, but in the end, they didn't, and they won Best Picture because it's a terrific film. Anyway, so the whole that whole story, the whole Canadian caper, some people call it, is uh, told true by um, Ken Taylor. Ken Taylor was the was Canada's former ambassador to Iran, and he was the one who hid the Americans in his official residence and obtained the documents that got them out of the country. Uh, So, if you liked Argo, you may want to check out the real story behind Argo, Uh, Our Man in Tehran. It is just terrific. It uh, it is is completely riveting. Very well done. Very comprehensive. And uh, you'll get the true story behind it. And I really, really appreciate the doc. It's a, it's a great companion piece to Argo. Also very highly recommended by me is uh, Glenn Campbell, I'll Be Me. And Glenn Campbell went on a big, uh, big concert tour. It was supposed to be just like, eh, you know, I'll do a couple weeks. it uh, would be great. Turns out that he winds up being diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Horrible. So instead of just canceling the tour or shortening the tour, he actually decides to do 150 dates as part of a goodbye tour. It's amazing. So him and his wife, knowing that the guy's got Alzheimer's and he's got to do 150 dates, right, all around the world, he still does it. And this documentary is a chronicle of that tour and of what Glenn Campbell is going through as a uh, sufferer, a victim of Alzheimer's in uh, I'll Be Me. It is uh, very personal, rare footage. You really get a sense of what it's like to live with this terrible disease. Uh, The relationship between him and his wife, is just it just breaks your heart. And uh, it's just wrenching and intimate and emotional, and I just uh, I thought it was fantastic. So, Glenn Campbell, I'll be me. I can't imagine this thing not being nominated for an Oscar. Although was this two thousand and fifteen? It, it, it was from last year.
0: It got the song. Oh, that got, got the song. The song was nominated. The movie one. was not. So, right, which uh, is
1: weird. Like, how could it not be?
0: I know. I no, the doc category never makes any sense. And then uh, Braddock, America—it tells the story of what happens when you got a Pennsylvania steel town uh, that's thriving, and then you yank the factory out. What happens? It is literally like pulling the plug in the bathtub. It just—it uh, sucks the life out of the town. It is a horribly depressing story, but a really good doc. And uh, this is from First Run Features. It's 100 minutes long, um, and that's about as long as it can be because it's just—it'll it's, make you suicidal after that point. But it's worth checking out. It really is. Uh, it's. Uh, it's a little bit of an advocacy film, but not so much that you feel like it's uh, it's this polemic beating you in the face. It really, uh, it really, it's very honest and it's very fair and uh, really worth seeing because it's uh, it's just so tragic. And then I am Dale Earnhardt from uh, Spike uh, on television, distributed by Paramount. Is all about the uh, the late great Dale Earnhardt, uh, NASCAR driver, who um, died in 2001. Now, doesn't it feel like yesterday? Really? Can you believe it's been 14 years since Dale Earnhardt died? Wow! Uh, I mean, amazing. He died on you know during the Daytona 500, which is fitting because you know where else would he have wanted to die? Uh, but um, really, a fascinating look at who he was and uh, how he came to be who he was, and you know he was a real badass on the track i mean that was what he was known for he was just so intimidating uh so anyway it's all about him and and his family and who he was and it's uh it's fascinating uh you always kind of stereotype these guys and uh you know you imagine that they're all sort of variations of ricky bobby but they're not and uh they're complex and they're they're multifaceted and shades of gray and uh it's a good doc Really, really does a nice job. Uh, could, could be a little longer. It's only an hour long, uh, you know, made just as a special on Spike, but uh, surprisingly good, actually. All right. Uh, let's see. Why don't – you know what? Let's go let's through some foreign before we do the listener mail. Yes, sir. Because there's some really great foreign stuff this week, especially this one, Mark. Elena is out on Blu-ray. Uh, the great people at Zeitgeist have released Elena on Blu-ray, which is fantastic because Elena was a big deal a few years ago, uh, but not a lot of people paid attention to it. It was uh, directed by Andre uh, Zig. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to destroy his name again. Help me with his name, Mark. The, 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 guy, the guy who just did Leviathan. He, you know. Yeah,
1: he's got a bunch of contents in his name and not a yeah, vowels, so we yeah. don't know what to do
0: uhzig what Zigan, whatever it is I'm sure one of our listeners will correct me anyway I can never pronounce his name andre all, right, all
1: right the show's only five hours you can't no, spend four and a anyway. half of it trying to pronounce his name the
0: guy who did Leviathan which is a great film It's a great film and this is equally great uh and it's a totally different kind of a film it's a it's like a it's like this noir kind of a... Kind of a, a you know suspenser, and it's it has similar um, a similar style and pacing to Leviathan. Obviously, you know you realize that there somebody's pulling the strings and there are sort of very dark machinations going on. Uh, but it uh, and it you know it turns the screws very slowly and deliberately in the same way. But it's still a very very different film in in many respects. A, a smaller film. But he's just, he's such a good writer, and he's such a good director, and he really, really, uh, I think he's got some amazing movies yet to come. Anyway, people have been wanting this for a long time on Blu-ray because it's so beautifully shot. And uh, you know what? Bravo, Zeitgeist, answered the call. They got us a beautiful, beautiful Blu-ray. It's gorgeous. So if you have Elena on DVD, upgrade to the blue. If you don't have it at all, get the blue. Either way, this film should be had by all. Have, have, it, on, have it as a blue. It's good. Really, really good. And uh, then we also have uh, Play Motel from Raro Video, who always resurrects a lot of uh, cool, kitschy, old, uh, usually Italian movies. And uh, this is a brand-new high-def transfer on Blu-ray of the 1979 Italian film Play Motel by Mario Gariazzo. And uh, it's not for everybody's taste. It's certainly, it's not a giallo film. Uh, it's, uh, ma- you know, the, it, it's, it's sort of a kind of sexploitation-y in a way, but it's, it's not really trashy. It's not really exploitation It just sort of flirts with it. Uh, So it feels more legit than it should be, but it's not legit enough to really be a legit film, if that should be, uh, if that makes sense. Anyway, uh, but it's, it's, it's like legit trashy. Probably the best way to do it. Um, so be prepared for this really weird kind of Italian genre mashup. That's a little bit of a, a little bit of a sex trashy film, a little bit of a police thriller, a little bit of a giallo film. It kind of ties it all together, but does it artfully in such a way that you don't uh, you don't feel dirty for having seen it. You don't feel like you have to take a shower at the end, and I appreciate that.
1: Well, I, I like taking showers in general, though. Yeah, it's but, something I like doing.
0: Well, you know, you don't want to feel. Take, you I, Huh? Seven a day.
1: I, no, I take I take them at least once a week. Oh well, good
0: for you. Thank you. Good for you. I'm I do what I can. Proud of you. This is the,
1: the this the, this is not an all factory podcast. That's this that's correct. A, that's it's correct. an audio
0: podcast. Uh, but that's a good thing. Let's see what. Uh, Would you like uh, me to talk
1: about something? Yes, go ahead. Uh, criterion time, folks. Uh, throwing of Blood from 1957. This is one of my all-time favorite Kurosawa films. This is uh, this is Kurosawa's completely just mesmerizing and kind of creepy adaptation of Macbeth is what it is pretty great let's face it it is great this thing and by the way this is not Kurosawa like being all violent and you know whatever this is like Kurosawa telling the story of a guy played by uh, Toshiro Mifune one of his best performances in a Kurosawa film where he is essentially a victim of his own just unchecked ambition sweet brought about by he he he's he's ambitious love that. he becomes paranoid and it's pretty much macbeth as told in fuel japan and it looks amazing i love the high contrast photography is great it's uh it's amazing it's just a great film and criterion has, of course knocked out of the park 2k digital uh, digital film transfer not 4k but that's okay it looks really it's really good documentary on the making of the film um there's a couple of uh, subtitle translations, old multiple subtitle translations, which is fine. You know, you'll pick one versus the other. But uh, the great thing is that you get thrown a blood, and it is just—it's just a remarkable film. It's—it's it's just a great adaptation. It's one of the most unique and successful adaptations of any Shakespeare play, and uh, it's great. His wife is uh, that like the wife, the long-suffering wife who's wondering what's happening to her, to, to his to her husband. It's great. It's film. just crazy. It's just a great film.
0: And uh, also from Criterion is. Uh... Two Days One Night the Darden Brothers film which is you know that that made it to Criterion really quickly and that's because you're the Darden Brothers it just released last year um starring Marianne Cotillard as a woman who is uh let go from her her job and all of the the horrors that transpire because she she now is no longer uh, employed um it's a great look at the the desperation of unemployment i i uh it's it's I don't think this is the Darden brothers' best film. Uh, I understand what they're doing; they're doing it pretty much the same way they do all their films. So it has that veneer, that really gritty, realistic veneer to it. And uh, this thing is beautifully transferred. Obviously, it's Criterion. There's, they pull no punches, and the you extras. What was weird
1: about this movie? You, you want to know what annoyed me about a film? It's right the same otherwise thing that annoyed enjoyed. me. Yeah. Like she might lose her job unless uh, unless something happens and we're yeah. not giving stuff away yeah. I'm trying not to give stuff away she might she might not lose her lose her job if she can do a certain thing yeah. in 2 days and one night Yeah. and it's not sexual it, but i don't know whether do people is that well? People, that's the thing. Is the that's thing the that thing. she has to accomplish in order to maybe not it's lose a, her job. Is that a thing? In it's France? a very con,
0: it, 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 well. It's in Belgium actually. The Dardens are Belge. so it, it, I, I would assume that this takes place in Belgium. But but the and I believe it does. But but the problem for me was that it felt like the circumstances of her firing were entirely contrived to create uh, to you know to gin up my sympathy, and then the circumstances of her possibly getting her job back were also contrived uh, to, to sort of gin up my hope. So it felt like they were being much more manipulative than I'm usually accustomed to their being. And uh, they usually aren't that manipulative. They'll, they'll create a, a a sympathetic scenario and then they sort of let it transpire in a very realistic way and at and a distance. And I, and I usually appreciate that. But here I felt like they were really trying to be uh, a little bit um, you know I just I just felt the I felt the puppeteering too much and I, I didn't really appreciate it but that said she's amazing she's great she's unbelievable when so, is she not great you know she's she's amazing we sat next to her uh, the year that she uh, won the Oscar
1: I know. she was so sweet was and nice then and, and didn't know what was going on around her it was all over so overwhelming now she's yeah. probably like Probably some
0: raging bitch, uh, and uh, <laughs> I have no, <laughs> no idea. I haven't seen is. her in seven years. What she's, do I know, she's—I'm she's sure strong. she's very lovely. She is, and she doesn't age. It's amazing. Uh, and director Fernando Quimbra, uh, from Brazil made a movie called A Wolf at the Door, which uh, we were talking earlier about. This new movie, Zipper, uh, this is uh, kind of a little bit like that, but uh, n- not really. The uh, both of them are kind of the the the. Unholy offspring of Fatal Attraction in some respect. Anyway, allegedly this is uh, this is this is based on a real life kidnapping drama, and uh, it's it's pretty chilling and it's it's really disturbing. And I have to wonder just how how realistic it is. And it gets into a it gets you into whole a whole. Uh, a whole not to give anything away, but it, this is where it connects to Zipper Is there's a whole infidelity subject, aspect to it that is uh, that is quite provocative and also very upsetting. So, a uh, good film, A Wolf at the Door, a Brazilian film by Fernando Cuambra, definitely worth checking out. Also, a big, big film at festivals.
1: We have this a novelist named uh, Michael Welbeck, and uh, he is a uh, French dude. He's actually one of uh, France's most uh, kind of famous thinkers, intellectuals, I guess. And uh, he did a film called The Kidnapping of Michael Welbeck. And it
0: Kidnapping theme.
1: You know, it turns out that actually, I was reading about this before I, I checked it out, it turns out that Michael Welbeck actually was, not wasn't kidnapped, but there was a rumor in 2011, I think it was 2011, where people in France thought that he had been kidnapped because he had gone missing while, while on a book tour. So this is kind of based on a little bit of reality. But the actual film itself is a total comedy. It, it is really funny. And this thing, it's got, it's got a lot of wry humor, a lot of understated humor. It's a lot of absurd humor. It's all over the map in terms of its, in terms of its humor. It's really well done. It's, it's just a really fun farce. So um, I would recommend very highly uh, The Kidnapping of Michael Welbeck. Now, I'm going to spell this for you. It's from Kino Lorber. Welbeck is spelled H-O-U-E-L-L-E-B-E-C-Q. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So somehow that becomes Welbeck. Nice. So what I'm saying is that uh, Welbeck, it's just uh, kidnapping, it's just so funny, and it's great. You know what? If, if you like the, um, the like, uh, what's the uh, the film about uh, a dinner for schmucks? Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. If you like that kind of French yeah. humor, yeah. you'll
1: love this film. Sweet.
0: Uh, we got another re- great release from Sisu, who does uh, primarily uh, Hebrew-language Israeli uh, releases, and... Um, this is blue and white crime stories. Israel's hilarious cops and robbers. Four films on uh, four DVDs, and the films included are all pretty much award winners. Uh, She's Got It, Clean Sweep, Big Shots, and Max and Morris. Max and Morris uh, is the is the one that I had seen before, which is really really fun. It's just a couple of you know goofballs, a little bit like the uh, like Pierre Richard and De, uh, Gerard Depardieu and all of in the, in the, all of those crazy uh, crazy French films. Uh, and and they just they're the, they're the most bumbling criminals in the world very very funny Big Shots uh, another one allegedly based on an actual incident I, it's it, it, more more bumbling criminals I don't know how realistic this is with respect to whatever really happened but if it did it's insane uh and then the last two uh she's got it and clean sweep were also uh, big deals at the Israeli Academy Awards which is becoming increasingly a, kind of a thing because it's a it's a really a growing film industry there so um that's definitely worth checking out as well that is blue and white crime stories israel's hilarious cops and robbers and uh then there is uh Zha-Zha. With Viggo Mortensen, and for those who haven't been keeping track, Viggo Mortensen is fluent in Spanish, and because he doesn't want to be the guy who, after the Lord of the Rings, keeps making big tentpole movies, he's been doing really interesting <coughs> Spanish language yeah. stuff. A lot of it in uh, in Argentina, and uh, he keeps coming up with really interesting little uh, little gigs in these movies. And Jauja is one of them. I'm, I'm sure I'm not pronouncing it correctly, but uh, this is directed by Lisandro Alonso. And um really, uh, just a fantastic performance. I almost think that he's he's a better actor in uh, uh in Spanish than he is in uh, in English anyway. and uh, so the idea here is that uh, in the uh, just around the time of the turn of the century, Vigo Mortensen is an engineer who goes to this uh, army outpost in in deep southern wildernessy uh, Argentina with his daughter. And uh, things happen with his daughter that require him to eventually, you know, she, gets, she runs away and, and uh, he has to come to her aid and rescue her. And it's, uh, it's dramatic. It is, it is powerful. Uh, it is beautifully shot, and it is a—it's a real shame that this thing did not get a, uh, a sufficient uh, English language uh, or, or UN, you know, stateside release. It was at the Toronto Film Festival, it was at the Cannes Film Festival, and it just made, it got no heat uh, in its U.S. release, which is a real shame. But it's on Blu-ray from Cinema Guild, and Bravo to them for actually putting it out because it's a—it's a wonderful film and a great discovery. And um, hopefully, we'll get more movies by Lisandro Alonso here because um, this one's beautiful.
1: Well, it is an interesting movie that um, I would never have even known existed if it wasn't for uh, this show. Falling Star is a film <laughs> by uh, Luis Mignero, and uh, who I'd never heard of, and uh, it's a it's a Spanish film, and it's about this Spanish king um, from the eighteen seventies, our Medio the First. He's an actual short. He's an actual Spanish ruler from the eighteen seventies. And this guy, his reign was very short because he had no interest in being the king. And he had no interest in being the king. He would prefer to drink wine and uh, have lots of sex and realize that pretty much, at least as described in the movie, his choice was either to uh, get assassinated because he's terrible or just leave the throne. So the director, uh, Minaro, winds up creating this really kind of fanciful, cool, almost camp peon to this ruler who only ruled for a very short time he didn't want to be the king he only won he only became the king of spain by like 200 votes so even the people didn't it's want him weird and so it's just a very strange little blip in the Sp- in the spanish monarchy and it's all told in this film and it's told with some visual style and uh it's an interesting film falling star i was uh, very surprised i had never heard of it or the director
0: And then lastly, on the foreign language front, we've got a couple of great ones from Film Movement. One is Bulgarian. Uh, It's called The Lesson. The other one is German, and it is called The Chambermaid. And uh both of them really really interesting great uh female centric movies uh especially the Bulgarian film the uh, the lesson uh it takes place uh, centers around a school teacher in this small town and uh just basically whose life is 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 a mess you know her husband's a loser and she's she's got to be a mom and all you know everything just doesn't really uh work out so well for her and uh it's it's a little bit like the uh like the Darden film you know it's about how far a person can be pushed by uh, by bad circumstances really interesting and uh the chambermaid both of them have really great short films by the way the short film on the chambermaid is really terrific it's called worlds within it's an american film it's fantastic uh anyway the uh the chambermaid is a little bit different um it's uh, obviously about a woman who's a chambermaid, but a uh, the, 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 uh, mischievous chambermaid, the things that she does and what she sees. Uh, it, it's very dark and very funny and very quirky, and uh, it, it, it turns into a very interesting friendship, we shall say. So uh, Film Movement continues to find really, really interesting little films to talk about. So, Mark, we've got some listener mail. Let's do it. I got some blister mail. Uh, Steve Gale writes us and says uh, quick note, the G in giallo is pronounced like the letter Y. The word for Italian uh, the word is Italian for yellow. You see that? Yellow. So it's like well, yellow. Well I knew that
1: I, I knew giallo was Italian for yellow. I didn't know that we were mispronouncing the word.
0: Well we're supposed to say like yellow, like yellow. Yellow. Yeah, Yalo. But, but but everyone I know says giallo, so I have to keep saying giallo. It's like it's like I will I can never actually say to somebody one of my favorite film directors is Krzysztof Kieslowski because they won't know who that is. But if I say Krzysztof Kieslowski, they understand that.
1: And that's what I would say. I would say yeah. he directed Three Colors, and uh, he's yeah. a brilliant, and that's so, his name.
0: So like you know uh, the 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 what would you who would you say uh, were the directors of the Matrix films?
1: The West. Cho, no. No. no? no, no. Him and her? See,
0: but we say we say Wachowskis, right? We say right. Wachowskis. Uh, well, I, I was corrected on that at one point by someone who speaks Polish who said it's pronounced Wachowski. Well, nobody's going to know what I'm saying if I say, oh, have you, have you seen the latest film by the Wachowskis? They, they, they so we have to mispronounce that these That guy, okay,
1: that guy, he's being a douche.
0: Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, and then uh, we've got Al in San Francisco says, watched uh, Fuller's Pickup on South Street. First time, Saturday I love night. that movie. Three days ago at age 49. Uh, this movie is so pregnant with illusion, metaphor, subtext, irony, uh, social, political commentary That's on that it's on maternity leave. I love that. It's so pregnant with illusion, metaphor, subtext, irony, social, political commentary that it's on maternity leave. That is a great <laughs> turn of the phrase. Al, you rule. Love it Love Good it. Good job, Al. I uh, haven't been blown away by a film's direction at this level in a long time. Um, Fuller's presence is palpable in every shot, camera move, fade, and I've never liked a Widmark performance until I stumbled uh, onto this. Even the brawls are choreographed with a singular verve. Uh, no, it doesn't leave an emotional impact like Out of the Past with A Third Man, but it's so refreshing to experience it in a post-war classic with Kevlar strong style and substance combo. Could it easily be the sole topic for a semester-long course. That was it, and uh, I agree. One of my favorite noirs. Love it. Fabulous, Love that movie.
1: Because you know what? He hides his beer in a bucket in the river. Yeah. So in order to keep, so he want. That's how he keeps his beer cold, Wayne. Yeah. He keeps it cold by putting it in a bucket and dipping it in the river. It's the best. And then when he wants a beer, he pulls Fantastic. up the bucket,
0: has a beer. Uh, And Peter from Toronto uh, took us to task for making fun of Caillou. Stop picking on my fellow Canadian Caillou. He's just an innocent, imaginative four-year-old boy. Maybe he's hairless for the same reasons why your American Charlie Brown is bald. Touche. Charlie Brown
1: is not bald. Charlie Brown does have a wisp of hair, but it's meant to represent a...
0: He's got, he's, got he's got three. got hair. three hairs.
1: Well, it's meant to represent... Like, Homer Simpson's two strands of hair is m- meant to represent the fact that he only has two strands of hair left. Well, but Charlie Brown, it's meant to represent more hair.
0: Anyway, uh, he points out that Caillou was designed primarily for toddlers and was created by child development psychologists and uh, has been shown to be very effective in, in helping their attention spans and cognitive abilities and the reason he's bald is that he was originally created uh, as a baby of nine months and when it was time for him to get older the addition of hair made him unrecognizable so the filmmakers decided, the, the creators decided that Caillou would just never have any hair so he's become popular as a bald kid uh, he's just never never had any hair, that's how we recognize him Most of to my daughter who was born with a big crop of hair and it's just gotten more thick as she's gotten older uh, and then lastly, uh, we got uh, Eric Altieri, a long-time listener, writes us and says, I used to work at a vegan bakery and juice bar in Providence. A regular customer would come in, huge guy, big hands, usually barefoot, kind of a hippie. He'd always order two shots of wheatgrass. We couldn't get over how big this dude was. We figured he had to be some kind of a bodybuilder. One of the bakers Googled his name, and it turns out he and his brother were the Barbarian Brothers. <laughs> they do, a, And they'd done a bunch of awful movies and a terrible rap album. When I heard you guys mention them in episode 382, I lost it. So, pretty great story.
1: Although I, I'm, I'm glad that the Barbarian Brothers, you know, because they, yeah. obviously they were really ripped and in shape bodybuilder guys. Now that they're older, it's just nice to know that they're just fat. <laughs> they're just old and fat. Totally true. Because that's my revenge.
0: Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because
1: I was old and fat when I was 15.
0: All right Mark, let's see how much TV we can uh, get through. We're we still going? We're still going. We got a few yeah. more minutes. Come on, let's not let's knock it out. This is our this is our this is the this is the Come on, we're winding it up at IGN. Going out on our own. Leave it home. Yeah, leave, leave him
1: one more. Okay, 2-hour <laughs> show. Leave them one more.
0: Well, we're not we're going to be gone, you know. We want to want to go out on a bang. Let's go out on a TV bang. Mm-hmm. The Jeff Foxworthy show.
1: Oh, yeah, we're going out on a bang there. <laughs>
0: A complete series. I'm still kind of amazed that there was a Jeff Foxworthy show. But this is back when every single comic had to be uh, had to have a show. Um, anyway, Jeff Foxworthy show. If you uh, give me
1: all these TV shows to talk about, you know I'll run through them in 45 seconds. Well,
0: that's kind of the idea. That's sort of the idea. Here, uh, you know, this is this is what we do. Um, but anyway, Jeff Foxworthy show out from Mill Creek, 41 episodes, complete series. Uh, one of those blue collary shows, you know, back when every every comic had to have a show, and uh, it, it, you know, it, they they're all kind of the same. They all have a family. They're all a little bit flawed, and their wives roll their eyes, and their kids love them, and they deal with everyday average problems, um, and that's it. There you go. It's, uh, it's it, they, they, these things have just sort of died in syndication. They were originally going to be just nonstop syndication spectaculars, and they've all kind of died. And then uh, as long as we're on. Uh, on the subject of things that play well in the Heartland, uh, Walker, Texas Ranger, four-movie collection. Includes Warzone, Flashback, Standoff, and Whitewater. Uh, this is a Walmart exclusive, as you might imagine would make sense. And uh, you know what? I, it, it, if you don't like Walker, Texas Ranger, there's no point in even uh, even listening to us. But these, they just made a ton of these things, and Chuck Norris is wealthy beyond anybody's wildest imagination as a result.
1: Uh, Wade, we have uh, two CW uh, shows, which means that uh, I don't like either of them. We have the complete sixth season of The Vampire Diaries. And uh, this one, uh, uh, this is one of the, uh, this is the last one, I think, to feature uh, the delicious, uh, whatever this woman's name is, I keep forgetting. Uh, Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah, uh, her. Yeah. Nina Dobrev. Yeah. Oh, delicious. I I think, I, I just like brunettes. I think that's really. That's probably
0: true. All there is to it. There you go.
1: Anyway, now that we've
0: resolved that. Anyway,
1: people either love this show or they don't. You know, it's, it's, it's vampire, it's teenage gorgeous vampires. And then there was a spinoff show, which I watched a little bit of, but I just couldn't handle it, called uh, The Originals. And The Originals is uh, about to go into its um, third season. And so we have the second season on uh, Blu-ray.
0: So this is the latest uh, trend in uh, promoting your cast with uh, Ensemble Cast on TV. You have a bunch of hunky people. Yeah, it's the CW thing a little bit, but it's also more on cop shows. You have, uh, you know, hot women and hunky guys, and they sit around with their uh, arms folded and their hands on their hips and uh, looking really cool in uh, in skin tight T-shirts and uh, whatnot. <laughs> and uh, that's how they prom- how they promote all these things now. Fifth season of Hawaii Five O is really extraordinary that this this rebooted Hawaii Five O is in its fifth season because it's just it's not it's not the original, not even by any stretch. And yet, somehow, I guess maybe they're getting, uh, you know, tax breaks in in Hawaii or whatever. But they just they just uh, somehow people are liking the new Hawaii Five O. So you know, that
1: thing keeps going, man.
0: I know. I just I mean, I guess maybe it's the environment. <laughs> maybe they just like seeing the Hawaiian backdrop. I don't know. Sometimes Go that's enough. But then again, uh, th- that wouldn't explain why we keep getting Chicago Fire and Chicago PD. Uh, which keep having weird crossovers with each other and then Law & Order shows, and I never really quite understand how the crossovers work. The only crossover that ever made sense to me was uh, Simon & Simon and Magnum P.I., because that was awesome.
1: How about the... uh... Bonic Man, The Bonic Woman. Oh, that
0: was, well, that, but that, yeah, of course. That's, that, was she, that was a spin off. It wasn't, you know,
1: crossover. It wasn't, yeah, one, one. One, it, when, when, it wasn't a very special episode. No, no, How about when it, the Simpsons, when the guy went to the Simpsons?
0: That's, that was weird. Crossovers between shows that were never related to begin with, that's where it gets weird. When it's a spin off, that's fine. You know, like Archie Bunker on Mod, Mod on Archie Bunker, whatever. That's, that's a different deal. Anyway, Chicago Fire season three. And uh, Chicago PD season two, uh, both of them have a guy with his arms crossed on the cover, which right. tells you they mean he, business. He whether means, it's f-
1: guy serious. Yeah, whether it's f- around, he will protect f- you.
0: They will protect you, whether it's from fire or bad guys. They they will protect you. And uh, there it is. New York
1: PD, the guy gives you the finger.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Anyway, uh, they're decent shows. They're well done. Uh, they're, they're you know, put together nicely. It's all, uh, it's all very Dick Wolfy, which is why you always get the SVU crossovers. And Dick Wolf just keeps creating stuff that just keeps making him money. I, I mean, I can't even imagine how wealthy he is by now.
1: Yeah, thanks to people like you. You love those shows. You love all those That's shows. SVU, I
0: like. I don't, you know. the, the, the Chicago- even
1: know these from one from the other. They're all uh, the same. They're you know, all the
0: same. You know what? The Law and Order. Uh, there is there is an NBC affiliated cable channel that shows Law and Order at some point every hour of every day. Yeah. If you just go around, you will find it. Whether it's Bravo or whatever it is, is there somewhere? There's there's a Law and Order on television all the time, constantly, never ends. It's never, ever, ever ending. Um, uh, uh, We've got just a few more here, so let's, uh, let's blow through these as quickly as possible. Another Touch by an Angel, Walmart exclusive, Volume 4, The Spirit of Liberty Moon. You ought to know what that's all about by now. No need to go in any further detail. Uh, Scorpion, Season 1, uh, Blu-ray and Ultraviolet combo set. Um, this is uh, You can tell they don't mean business because he's got his hands in his pockets. You see? His arms aren't folded. His hands aren't on his hips. He's much more approachable. He's they're, more accessible.
1: They're a little more eccentric.
0: Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, they're more. They're more intellectual. Is what they are. the The idea behind Scorpion is that they. Uh, these are the brains, right? These aren't. This isn't the muscle. This is. These are the brains, and uh, they're the ones that have to. Uh, they. You know. They've got to figure out. How to solve all of these criminal problems and and uh, and fix the world with all of their weird little intellectual superheroism, and uh, I, I like the fact that they've sort of taken the uh, the Big Bang Theory crowd and moved them into the uh, procedural realm. Um, it's sort of like heroes, except they think their way through problems. They don't have superpowers; they just have super brains. But um, it, uh, I don't know how much mileage there really is in this going forward. So anyway, that's season one. Uh, respectably interesting for a first season. So we'll see where that goes in the future, uh, assuming that it doesn't get canceled.
1: Texas Rising is a uh, History Channel <clears throat> miniseries. It was like five nights, I think ten hours. And this thing is just terrible. This thing just traffics and just the worst cliches. It's all about the uh, the formation of the state of Texas, and uh, the Texas Rangers, not the baseball team, but the law enforcement agency. And it's, it's got a good cast. It's with uh, Bill Paxton and uh, Ray Liotta's in this and uh, Brendan Fraser, for some reason, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. But uh, the issue with this thing is that it's just too long, man. It's like I, I know they want to make these things into events. Yeah. You know, but, <clears throat> but sometimes the story does not lend itself to 10 hours. Sorry, no. well, And also what's even worse is it just traffics and horrible cliches. So uh, there's really nothing good to say about Texas Rising.
0: And then um, Castle and Madam Secretary. Uh, season one of Madam Secretary with T. have you know, We've been playing this game for a while to try to make these. Ever since the West Wing went off, everybody wants to kind of have the uh, the political show, the new political show, the inside thing. And the only one that's worked really is the Shonda Rhimes thing, uh, Scandal. That's the only one that's worked because it's, it's about scandal. It's not about the actual political machinations. And I don't know why they didn't take a cue from that. Anyway, uh, you know, we had Gina Davis as the president. And now we've got Tia Leone as Madam Secretary, Secretary of State. Um, all of it kind of uh, centering around, uh, you know, the inspired by Hillary Clinton to some degree. Um, and then that's sort of where the comparisons end. I, you know, I don't know that I, I like Tia Leone. I don't know that I buy her in this part. Uh, the commentary on selected episodes is, is fine. Um, I think the show needs... I don't know, a revamp something. It needs to change. But it's it's not bad, but it's not great. And then Castle, which has been on for seven years.
1: Who's watching that show? I don't know. So you know what? Gods at DigiGods.com. Tell it's tell us if you watch do you know anybody who watches back that show?
0: For season eight. It's coming back for season eight. I have no idea. I guess he's charming. I guess. That's what they tell me. Anyway, uh they brag about the fact that it's the People's Choice Award winner for favorite TV crime drama for four years in a row. And I I don't who are these people? Who are these people? I don't know. I guess it's because he's charming. Anyway, that's out there this season seven. It's the same as season six and five and four, and you know it's just the same deal. So uh, on and on and on these things go.
1: Um, Bessie is a uh, surprisingly good uh, <coughs> film from HBO about uh, Bessie Smith, the uh, Empress of the Blues, they used to call her, and uh, Queen Latifah. A little nervous about this uh, when uh, it was uh, announced that she'd be playing uh, Bessie Smith, but uh, she's good, and Monique is in this as well. Monique, of course, was just heartbreaking and uh, Precious, won an Oscar for it, and she's in this too. But really, is Queen Latifah's show, and uh, you know, I-, I think she's just great. I think that the thing is uh, a lot of a lot of great energy. It's it's it doesn't uh, put her on a pedestal. It is very honest about her uh, the problems that she had. And so it's not a typical biographical drama, but it is not something that just sort of you know proudly beats her up for, the, for just for the sake of uh, sake of drama. So it's pretty comprehensive and uh, it's very well done. And she's—I've never seen her better, uh, Queen Latifah. I think it was nominated for twelve Emmys, and uh, it's now on Blu-ray. Fabulous. So I would definitely check it out, Bessie.
0: Good. And with Bessie, our relationship with IGN comes to a close.
1: I would have said something more. Uh, you know, maybe more dramatic, or well, put, we're put still here. Button.
0: We're still here. We're still moving on. We will still be there. Your feed should continue to deliver the show. We're going to transfer the uh, the the old feed to the new feed fairly seamlessly, so they tell me. Uh, so anyway, keep uh, track the Twitter, track the Facebook uh, at Digigods at synagogues on Twitter, and uh, obviously uh, Digigod. It's right now IGN Digigods on Facebook. We will be changing the name to just Digigods. And, uh, you know, when we relaunch with cinegods.com, give us your feedback. Tell us what we're doing wrong. We're going to try to make the site as cool as possible starting out. but uh, It'll be a
1: work in progress. <laughs> It'll be a work in Let's progress. Let's just say, yes. since Wade and I have no money, yeah. uh, we're poor. <laughs> uh, we can't, like, hire some uh, hot kid to uh, do this amazing site. So, basically, Wade's doing it himself.
0: Well, I you know, I mean, there are, uh, there are ways of making it, uh, you know, flashier than... That it has any right to be.
1: As I said, Wade's doing it himself.
0: Thank you. So anyway, we will, uh, we'll be relaunching shortly, and uh, we have the two giveaways, The Surface and Five now, Star. did you tell
1: people uh, uh, how they, had to, how they yep, can get yep, these?
0: Yep, yep, yep. Just uh, send us an email, gods at uh, Pick one of the two films, The Surface or Five Star. Send us uh, an email to gods at digigods.com with either Five Star or Surface in the subject line, your name and address in the body of the email get it to us by September 4th, and uh, we will pick two very lucky people for each title to receive those two excellent, cool, independent films. And with that, Mark, we are going out. We're going out. Thank you, on a, IGN. On a bang. Thank you, IGN. Thank you uh, everyone at IGN for, uh, for a wonderful uh, a wonderful run, and uh, here's to another wonderful run going forward on our own.
1: And most importantly, thanks to you guys. Thank you. We'll see you on the other side.
0: You bet.